eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Sources Podcast. It's the podcast in which we at GoPowerCat.com talk to the people that we consider to be our sources and share that information directly with you. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's Thanksgiving week. The coaches are on a very tight timetable. And as we progress through talking to all the coaches on the K-State football staff this year, we take a pause this week. We'll return to that schedule next week with our sources podcast following the Baylor and then Texas games and we're down to two coaches to go so that works out great but the coaches are short a day this week on preparations because of the Thanksgiving holiday and we too are short on some work time to spend a little bit of time off with Thanksgiving whether it's family or friends or simply being careful and staying at home we all need a little downtime. So we're going to do something a little different. And I wanted to address a situation that has really piqued the interest of Kansas State sports fans this football season. The transfer portal. Kansas State currently has 10 players who started the season on the K-State roster in what is known as the NCAA transfer portal. What is the transfer portal? It is a device which the NCAA designed to streamline the process of players transferring from one institution to another. In the past, players transferred. We all know that. It took place, but sometimes it was difficult for the player to get through step one, which was get your institution to give you the release so you could reopen your recruitment and talk with other institutions. Honestly, some staffs held kids hostage, would not release them, made it very difficult for them to move on to their next institution, and it was unfair. So the NCAA came up with the transfer portal. Under the college transfer policy, when a student athlete informs a school that he wishes to transfer, that institution has two business days to enter that athlete's name into the national transfer portal. What does that mean? Well, once the student-athlete's name is in the database, other coaches from any school can contact that individual. Not before, only after. So once a kid is in the transfer portal, they have severed their tie with the institution with which they had initially signed and maybe have been playing for throughout the season. That is over, and now they move on to being an eligible recruit once again. 
And this season is even different. In this COVID-19 environment, this is essentially a free season. Everyone is going to get back their individual eligibility as they move forward. Plus, the NCAA, well, we're expecting them to give every student-athlete an opportunity to have one free transfer in their career. Whether it's as a graduate senior, which now can transfer and play immediately, or after their freshman year they want to move to a different institution, they too can play immediately, but that's the only time that applies to their career. That has meant there has been a glut of talent moving into the transfer portal this season. We will talk to 24-7's Chris Hummer in the second half of this podcast about what's going on on a national basis and how that fits into what we're seeing at Kansas State. If you're a Kansas State fan, you are quite familiar with the transfer portal at this point because there are 10, yes, 10 players who started the season on the roster and on scholarship in the portal that are tied to Kansas State. It's a number that has really caught the attention of fans and made them wonder what the heck is going on within Chris Kleiman's program. Well, the simple answer is nothing shocking. We're seeing this throughout the nation, and while Kansas State's numbers are a little bit higher than maybe we see at other institutions, it's not dramatically higher. And it's just kind of been a snowball effect with a a group of players who are all in some ways tied together and have decided to move out of Kansas State and move on to elsewhere. The question becomes, where is elsewhere? Chris Hummer has some stunning statistics about the success rate of players who have entered the transfer portal in the first year or two of his existence. And it's not good if you're a three-star athlete or below. You better be ready to step down a level or step down an institution if you're leaving the Power Five when you enter the transfer portal. It started this season when Walter Neal, a returning senior cornerback for the Wildcats and a former walk-on and honestly a fan favorite, elected to enter the transfer portal. Neal was somewhat different than the other transfers in this class because he left for the good old reason. There was too much traffic, too much competition at his position, cornerback. He's a former nickelback, so maybe... Walter Neal could have helped this team quite a bit, as we've seen attrition in the secondary, not only from COVID-19, but injuries and, yes, the transfer portal. But Walter Neal has moved on, and as of now, the transfer portal shows no destination for Walter Neal. That's true for almost everyone in the transfer portal. It is getting very difficult for people to find homes, and one player, One out of the 10 players who have left in the portal this year has a new institution as Ronald Triplett, a defensive lineman out of Texas, is staying in state at UT San Antonio. So good for Ronald. He snapped up that offer. But what about the rest? Another high-profile guy to leave was Jonathan Alexander, who opted out of this season due to COVID-19, despite the fact he had already had COVID-19. But he immediately returned home to, quote, take care of the family. And now he is searching for a new institution after transferring to K-State prior to the 2019 season as a junior college transfer. Well, he's had an offer from Mississippi State, and maybe that is where he'll end up. 
But the highest profile player that has left the program so far, as you know, is Josh Youngblood, Kansas State's All-American kick returner as a true freshman out of Tampa. Josh became disgruntled with playing time and has decided to leave the program and did so earlier during this season. After coming off a recovery from double leg surgery in which he was required to be in a wheelchair and actually received a waiver from the NCAA to live with head coach Chris Kleiman's family and recuperate in their home eating their food and then Josh has elected to transfer. That is the world in which we live at this point. I'll be interested to see where Josh ends up, if he stays at a Central Florida or South Florida, something in his own backyard, or if another Power 5 institution steps forward for him. There are a couple other players who originally opted out of this season due to COVID-19. Thomas Grayson, a running back, has entered the portal, as has Matthew Polomau, a defensive tackle out of Arizona, who did return to school at one point and was overweight and then went home and decided to opt out. Along with Ronald Triplett, another incoming freshman in DeMarcus Hayes also opted out very early in the season, and we believe it was simply because... He could not compete at this level. And two other returning defensive backs also opted out, Will Jones and Tyrone Lewis. And honestly, Will Jones caught us all a little bit off guard. He had playing time. He had time on the field where we thought he was going to be a major contributor going forward. And then the playing time dropped a little bit, and he dropped out of the program. And the 10th player, of course, was Derek Newton, who left the program and unfortunately, due to uh, other circumstances, it sounds like, took his own life uh, not long after leaving the program. A very sad situation. Well, the transfer portal is something a lot of people are talking about. And I asked Coach Chris Kleiman on Monday's Big 12 teleconference, what is going on right now with Kansas State and the transfer portal? Because the players on his own roster even mentioned these departures are becoming a distraction for them in the locker room. Your players in the post-game Zoom kind of mentioned the distractions of uh, players hitting the transfer portal. How much of a distraction has that been for your team? Um, you know, if they're saying it, then it must be a little bit of a distraction. But uh, I'm going to work with the guys that uh, that uh, are here, that uh, that want to be here, that are doing things that uh, um, those same guys that are that are here helped us beat Oklahoma. Those same guys that are here helped us beat TCU. And so, um, you know, it's it fits. This is going to get across the country once this thing opens up in January and everybody knows it that uh, people are going to uh, if they're not immediately starting going to potentially look to, at another place and, and that's what we've created uh, by allowing a one time transfer and, and I'm not a, 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 I'm not against it um, but um, you know I think some kids are trying to think it's it's going to get uh, if I can get into the portal now I'm going to get a scholarship and, and unfortunately there's 650 guys in that portal uh, and you do the math. There's not that many Division One schools. Yeah, you led me into my next question. Um, is this just going to be chaos? There, there are going to be some good football players that just can't find a scholarship, particularly with this COVID situation. There's going to be a scholarship tie-up. Yeah, potentially it could be. You know, we don't get into the market of it that much uh, ourselves. You know, we had a great one in, in Briley that we're really excited about, and Keandre's played for us, but uh, we haven't gotten into the market of it that much. So um, we're going to continue to be a development program. 
And you were kind of short on scholarships for next year. Um, does this help you in a weird way that you might open up some a few scholarships to make this a bigger class? Um, you know, it's all relative because you still only get to sign 25 until right. they change that rule. You're still only signing 25. So um, what what I'm excited about is it gives kids that uh, have walked onto the program um, that are playing an awful lot of football for us uh, to be able to reward those guys um, instead of some kids that uh, maybe um, have left the program and weren't playing a lot for you. So it'll give us an opportunity to reward some of the guys that really have earned it. Following Kansas State's 45 to nothing shellacking at Iowa State on Saturday, only two student-athletes were available to the media, and one was senior linebacker Cody Fletcher, who, as an aside, might be one of the seniors who opts to return for an extra year under these COVID regulations this year in which eligibility does not count. But a member of the media asked Cody about the distractions going on right now with this team, whether it is injuries, COVID, or these players leaving the program. I mean, yeah, we, we've dealt with a lot of different things, such as, you know, COVID and, uh, you know, people leaving or what, whatsoever. So, you know, it, it's kind of day by day, you just hear different things, you know, but it, it's been it's been really difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, we have one task in mind, and that's just to win ball games. Fletcher also commented on Coach Chris Kleiman's message to the team following the loss. Uh, after the game, you know, he, he was disappointed for sure. But, you know, his message, you know, for – us is to come together like off the field you know that we need any everybody uh you know we can't have people like quitting on us and leaving on us so he felt you know our effort was there but you know mentally we just weren't there the media also asked deuce vaughn exactly what was going on what was the situation with the in locker room leadership and we'll give you the end of one answer and then our own michael goins ask a follow-up question to deuce vaughn after the game really the leadership is what it's been getting hit on uh, it's been to take control of our team. Uh, I mean, we had some guys leave and uh, some things like that, but just making sure that we take control of, I mean, the dudes that we have right now, just getting back to work and not not taking anything for granted uh, coming up in the next week because we only have two two games left that are um, guaranteed in the bowl game and everything like that. But we're going to go give it our all. And then uh, just coming together, I mean, just every day in practice, just getting better as a team is going to be the biggest thing. As a freshman, do you have that confidence to be a vocal leader in the locker room and on the field? Um, yes, sir. It's starting to get there. It's starting to come along as as we get going everything. Of course, COVID and everything is kind of hindered being able to have a relationship with every single guy on the team because of, I mean, just close contacts and everything and everything like that. But, I mean, just as I respect every single guy on this team, and I mean, like I said, I need to be better at being a vocal leader because I feel like I can be able to step into that role as far as uh, everything goes. But yes, yes, sir, I do. Let's pause here and keep in mind that the transfer portal hit approximately the same time Bill Snyder was departing as head coach and Chris Kleiman was entering. So Alex Delton, quarterback for Kansas State, went into the portal. Originally, he committed to UTEP, ended up playing at TCU with mixed results. Isaiah Zuber, of course, a receiver, entered the portal and then went to Mississippi State and honestly didn't have much impact there, although he is getting a chance in the NFL. Others have left via the portal, almost always going down in levels. However, K-State did benefit from the transfer portal. Coming into the Chris Kleiman era, there were no scholarship running backs at Kansas State. 
hard to believe. James Gilbert transferred in from Ball State. Jordan Brown transferred in from North Carolina, and they were one and two on the depth chart throughout the 2019 season. During this offseason, of course, Briley Moore, a tight end from Northern Iowa, transferred in and has been a star on this team up until his injury at West Virginia, kept him out for Oklahoma State, and limited him in the number of snaps and targets he got this weekend at Iowa State. There are others who have come in, maybe less impactful, Keandre Thomas at cornerback. He's in the mix at that spot, but has kind of found himself also caught up in the depth that ran off Walter Neal. So the portal has been kind to Kansas State in the past, and although the coaches do emphasize that they want to be a developmental program, the portal may be revisited. Will Kansas State look for a receiver coming out of a program where maybe he overachieved for the level at which he was playing, like Briley Moore, or he felt underused at a program that was also at the Power 5 level, like Jordan Brown was? Will Kansas State try to find a linebacker to pitch in for the loss of their two starting sixth-year senior linebackers, Eli Sullivan and Justin Hughes? Only time will tell. But the portal does go both ways. And if Kansas State needs to supplement one area of the field or another, they can look to what's available in the marketplace. Because as I have said, there will be more bodies than landing spots. So K-State, if it wants, can carefully select some players. However, as defensive coordinator Joe Klanerman told us last Thursday, this will remain a developmental program. Yes, they could go find some guys if they need to, but they rather turn internally and ask guys who are in the program, who have the ability to escalate their level of play, to lift themselves up into being constant contributors. And that happened at the defensive tackle spot. They didn't go to find someone. They looked at their own guys and asked them to do more, give more, be more, and they delivered. Here's Joe Klanderman. We knew in the spring that for us to, to be successful, that we were going to have to get a lot out of Eli Huggins and a lot out of Jalen Pickle. Um, you know, Drew Wiley had played in games. He certainly wasn't playing at the level that he's played at this year. Uh, he, he was, a, he was a, a good player last year, a solid player. I think right now he's playing at a level. I don't know that I would trade him for any other inside guy in the league. But, you know, Eli Huggins didn't have a lot of snaps under his belt. Jalen Pickle didn't have snaps under his belt. And um, for those guys to, to take that role, and, and let's face it, we're a developmental program. We're going to run into that situation, you know, in different positions each year. You know, when you graduate guys, it's got to be the next guy up. We're not, we're not the type of place that's going to go out and just look for some guy that fell out of Clemson or somewhere, uh, you know, and, and, and that's going to be the, the process moving forward at all positions. And so I'm just, I'm just impressed with how those guys go about their business every day, how much they've embraced their role and didn't shy away from it either. They knew they had to be the guy and they stepped up and, and they were the guy. This roster adjustment is kind of the natural process of a new coaching staff coming in, and it's taken a while. A lot of the guys that are leaving might have been in that 2019 spring class. Guys that honestly were available for a reason in the spring, and they found some good players. Youngblood being most notable among those good players. But also they were players that might have had other reasons why they were still sitting out there available. And a lot of those guys have departed. These are strange times. Kids are quick to transfer now, and COVID has added a layer of 
discomfort to anyone that misses home. Imagine being a freshman or even a sophomore college football player. You're pretty much locked in your apartment or your dorm or whatever your living situation is. You're with your roommates. You don't have much of a social life, and you may not even get to go to campus very often to have any social impact with fellow students. You are doing your classes remotely. You are talking to friends mostly remotely, if you're doing it right, and you go to football practice. That's a grind. That's a lot to handle as an 18, 19, or even 20-year-old young person. But that's exactly what these guys are going through right now. Players are heading home. They have issues at home. We know that there are other players on this roster that have considered transferring and may still do so. So brace yourself. More departures may be coming. We reported at Go Cat that Malik Knowles is among that list. He may or may not head out, but he has told individuals around this program that he plans to transfer to North Texas, where his high school quarterback is currently playing. In hindsight, maybe we should have just reported that on our message boards, but it is out there, and he is not alone. There are other people that might be looking at transferring as well as he is. As for the Kansas State coaching staff, they are trying to keep the younger players engaged. Unfortunately, while they were at West Virginia, many of the younger players were exposed to COVID-19 and either have it or have been quarantined due to possible infection in recent weeks. And they have lost out on time in the practice field and opportunities to play, particularly at Iowa State. Joe Klanderman was asked about what they're doing to keep these players engaged and what they look for in a young player. You know, and that's that's what we've been trying to emphasize here for the last five or six weeks is we've been trying to do a lot of uh, younger guys against younger guys in our program. You know, we've been taking time out so that we can get a look at everybody and so that everybody is getting those chances. And and it's it, it has. It's You know, I don't know if there's guys that are necessarily we're finding that are ready right now, but we're finding guys that maybe we can count on in a year and can get put into that same situation that maybe an Eli Huggins was in uh, heading into this year or a Jalen Pickle uh, that – you know, hey, next year you might have to play a significant role. And, and you know, can we count on you to do that? And and we're, we're pleased with what we're seeing out there. But, you know, listen, as far as the attrition goes, you know, this program isn't for everybody. You know, uh, we're going to do things uh, a certain way to try to achieve a certain standard. And not everybody's able to, to adhere to that standard. And that's just what it is. And there it is. That's a pretty blunt statement from Kansas State's defensive coordinator. And we will continue to explore this topic of all of these transfers that have gone into the portal with Chris Hummer, the 24-7 sports college football writer who oversees the transfer portal for the network. And boy, has he been busy. That's on the other side of this break on this edition of the Powercat Sources Podcast. PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Sources Podcast. With it being Thanksgiving week, as I mentioned in the open, we are not talking to one of the K-State coaches this week, but we are talking about what's going on with Kansas State and the transfer portal. It is packed with Wildcats. The number's currently at 10, and I'm sure it'll climb. And to discuss what's going on nationwide with the portal is Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports. And Chris, I don't know your exact title, but I like to refer to you as the keeper of the portal. <laughs> I mean, it sounds it sounds a lot fancier than my actual title, which is like college football writer. So I will I will take that. It sounds like I'm like gonna be in an Indiana Jones movie at some point or something. Exactly. It feels like you have a long beard, flowing locks, and like a you know giant walking stick, and maybe a broadsword. And and that's pretty much how you show up at work because you're the keeper of the portal. Uh, if I could if I could show up like Gandalf every day, I, I'm, I'm good. That works for me. How did you end up covering the portal and being in charge of the portal? Did you volunteer for this? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a volunteering job. I, I'm, in my spare time, I'm also a national writer for us and write a lot of things. But um, yeah, I kind of, as most people do, I guess in life, you stumble into things, and I cover a lot of the transfer portal for sure. You stumbled into a mess with this because with the rules and COVID and everything going on here, it is an epic number of athletes nationwide in the portal. What are you seeing from a national perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a crazy thing since we kind of got started. I believe that was August 1st, 2018, when the transfer portal kind of made its debut. And that year, I think we saw 1,800 FBS players under the portal. These are rough numbers, kind of off the top of my head. But um, after that, it was like 1,700 the next year. And I get the way we're pacing right now, and I can get an exact number um, in a second. We have 525 players from the FBS in the portal so far. And given that there are going to be no real eligibility restrictions this offseason, uh, if the NCAA passes a rule that we really expect them to i expect this to be almost like the wildest offseason we've seen in a long time in college football it's gonna look i know everybody's called it free agency kind of leading into this but there were still eligibility restrictions that prevented players from kind of transferring uh willy-nilly but those are going to be gone um 
NIL is going to be a thing. It's going to be a really wild, wild transfer portal offseason with a lot of movement. And I mean, with this COVID season not really counting towards eligibility, it does look good for the kids that are thinking, I'm going to transfer and I'll still have my eligibility. But in reality, there's going to be a lot of scholarship counts out there that are going to get out of whack because of COVID. And I'm not sure there's going to be that many opportunities for these players to find institutions unless you're an elite player or willing to go down a, a step or two in, in what you perceive to be how you want to play college football. Oh, no question. Like, I think one of the most unfortunate parts about college football is those kind of, you, we all know how they go. Like you come in for your postseason evaluation as a player and the coach essentially says something like, I don't really see a future for you here. And the player can choose to stick it out, but they're, life is probably going to be a little more difficult from that point on or they kind of get the hint and they go look for another kind of role elsewhere. And we're going to see a ton of that uh, kind of in December and January as players kind of realize they might not have a future on the field and coaches force players out. It's a really unfortunate thing and I wish it didn't happen. I think we should lift kind of the 25 player count for a season. We are lifting the 85 scholarship limit for this year for at least for seniors. So that gives schools a little bit more flexibility. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of players kind of um, looking for new homes for sure. And I did a story, I think, earlier this year about the transfer portal. And I believe the number was 45% of FBS players who enter the portal um, either end up in the FCS or didn't find a home at all. Or maybe it was 45% of Power 5 players um, landed in the um, group of five ranks are in the SDS, but either way, it was a really kind of startling statistic. Most players in the power five that enter the portal don't stay in the power five. Um, I think the top players get all the headlines, but it is, it's a more complicated process than that. It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy because not only are these young men kind of making, you know, in season decisions, thinking I'll find a new home, but there may not be one. They may not have a road to a, a scholarship for an education. It, these are big decisions, and, and I just I seem to be sensing this season guys know the eligibility isn't going to count, and so I'm not getting enough playing time right now in the middle of the season. I quit. At least that's what's happened a couple times at K-State. That is a disturbing trend. Yeah, no, no question. And I was, I was going through the numbers when you called earlier about K State, and so far they've had fourteen players kind of enter the fifteen technically, but I, I don't really think we want to spend time talking about the tragedy that is um, Derek Newton. Yeah. But um, fourteen players in the portal that have chosen to kind of leave the program, and that's a that's a really high number. I don't know exactly where it fits in in the FBS this year, but that. That's a, that's definitely in kind of the uh, top end of the percentages um, in terms of players in the roster going. And then I was digging through it, and I, like, I realized Kansas State's had a lot of players in the portal in general. But since Chris Kleinman was hired, I believe on December 10th, 2018 is the exact date, Kansas State's had 60 players enter the transfer portal and leave the program. And when you think that there are only 85 scholarships kind of available for roster, that's a pretty staggering number. Uh, some of those 60 year walk-ons, but for the most part, those are scholarship players. So what you're seeing is Chris Kleinman turning over his roster in a really, really aggressive fashion. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I know some of the guys that have left this season weren't going to play, weren't going to really see that much playing time. Um, and th they're moving on. And some, you know, they wanted on the team. They just had decided to move on themselves. So it's it's been a kind of a mixed bag of things for Kansas State. And it's... Um, Fans are distressed, but this is not 
while the numbers are a little bit higher at Kansas State, this isn't atypical of this season. Kids are entering the portal. Um, and look, guys guys did in the past. They wanted to transfer in the past. There just wasn't that cool thing called the transfer portal. If I could build a time machine, I'd probably tell the NCAA, don't name it the transfer portal and make it sound cool. Make it <laughs> make it like the, the, the transfer locomotion thing. I don't know. Make it something <laughs> less fun than the portal. Na- na- I want to be in the portal. I want to. I want the portal. It sounds like you just walk in and magically your life's better. And I don't know. I just think uh, a lot of kids are hitting it right now. And unfortunately, Kansas State's been caught up in it. But this isn't abnormal, is it? No. Um, I think last offseason, UConn had like 34 players in the transfer portal, for example. Like, wow. it just it happens, especially for new staffs. Like, this is, as you said, this has happened in college football for years. Like, the transfer portal brings more attention to it because we see every single player who's leaving the roster. And we kind of have a running list of them for every team. In the past, they would kind of just be scattershot kind of across the offseason. But coaches for decades have essentially um, cut, I don't know how you want to place it. They've um, cut, uh, I don't know, you know, like the fat on the steak. They're right. trimming the fat on the steak. They're kind of getting rid of the players that don't fit their culture, don't fit their vision for the program. And they're asked to leave and maybe nice fashion, maybe not. And that's what's happening at Kansas state. I assume for the most part in most of these situations, um, some players just want the opportunity to play elsewhere, which is great for them. But in a lot of points, it's Chris Kleiman kind of trying to impose his vision and his will on the roster. Like Bill Snyder, Bill Snyder was a great, great coach, but the way he recruited and some of the guys he recruited, I understand if it, coach had a different kind of approach in the way of building a roster. And Chris Kleiman has that. And, in my opinion, like if I was a K-State fan, I just look at the results and Chris Kleiman's been very successful despite some circumstances, at least roster-wise, that I think have been a little adverse early on. And I, at that point, like you kind of just have to trust what the head coach is doing, in my opinion. Well, I would agree with that. And, you know, when you come into a situation, you're going to have players leave. They, you know, came for another coach or – they don't like the opportunity they might face with the new coaching staff. And honestly, when a new coach comes in and has to throw together his first recruiting class, he's rolling the dice. Um, yep. If they're available in the spring, there's a reason they're available in the spring, and it isn't just because everyone missed him. Uh, that that happens. That was Josh Youngblood, one of the players in the portal, was a recruit that was around in the spring. Everyone else in the country had missed him, and he turned out to be a, a true freshman All-American uh, kickoff returner. He's in the portal, but... I'm not hearing a great deal of interest in him, and I think that is a sign of, of real concern maybe out there for some of these kids that they've jumped into the unknown, and the unknown hasn't jumped it back in their direction. Um, I think there's going to be a bubble burst here when a lot of kids get just left out of the game, and maybe it'll set off some alarm bells and kids – well, I'm being over optimistic that kids won't be hasty. Kids always kind of live in the moment, but uh, I mean, yeah, we're, we were all we were all young. That's the decisions we make. Like, and you see, everybody always sees grass greener on the other side. Like, it's just it's the reality of what's going to happen, and some kids are going to make bad decisions. Exactly. I mean, uh, I had a girlfriend break up with me, and I'm sure to this day she regrets it in college. <laughs> I'm sure she probably yeah she for sure the, for sure she went into the boyfriend portal, and her life's probably been ruined. That's probably exactly what's happened to her. Uh, do you think there's going to be a bubble here where there's so many kids, there's just no way that decent players are going to end up without 
a place they would really prefer to have. They might get an opportunity to play, but at a level at which they never dreamed they would be playing. Yeah, I, I really think so. Um, I, I mentioned a statistic earlier that I totally butchered, but essentially <laughs> last year, only 45.7% of FBS transfers who were three stars or better coming out of high school. So the kids ending up at Kansas state managed to stay at the FBS level when they went in the portal. Um, so that means 55% of FBS players who were three stars or better who entered the portal did not stay on the FBS level. Like in my opinion, the bubbles already popped, wow. but I just don't think kids are armed with that information when they enter the portal. Or I guess if you're like, I mean, if you're like myself, like everybody thinks they're special. They think they're a special case. They think they're a special circumstance. It'll work out for them and it will work out for some people. I think Logan Wilson's a great example of that former Kansas state player in that 2019 class. I know him well. He was a really good player in the Dallas area, covered him as a recruit. He ended up at ULM, leaving Kansas State. Like He was only there for a short time, and he got another FBS opportunity at North Texas um, a couple of days ago. Like Great for Logan Wilson. But not everybody's going to have that path. Not everybody's going to be that lucky. I know Logan was already hearing from a couple of the schools he was considering, saying, you need to jump on now because spots are filling up that fast. And eventually, those spots are going to run out. And like you said... Like there is going to be a bubble with this eventually. I just don't know how much the bubble will shrink or if it'll pop at all. Cause there are always going to be kids willing to roll the dice and look for another opportunity. Well, I appreciate your expertise. I, I, I really do because, uh, uh, you know, I kind of stay focused on, on the thing in front of me, which is Kansas state, but I know it's going on nationwide. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, I can't imagine, you know, in talking to Chris Kleiman, being a coach, He's kind of for this. I mean, he he's he understands why players may want to find something better and may need that opportunity. Uh, it's just the reality of being a coach going through this. It sucks. You're trying to put together a team from week to week, and now you're losing players because of injury, because of COVID, and now because of transfers during midseason. It's uh, yeah, it, it's difficult. And, and Chris Kleiman, like, I'm sure he's in favor of this because you have guys like James Gilbert. Like, Ball State did not want to lose James Gilbert, but it worked out really well for Kansas State last year. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of it, it cuts both ways at the end of the day. Like, coaches might love it. They might hate it one year, but their answer might be different two weeks later. Indeed. Bradley Moore moved up from the FCS level at Nor Northern Iowa and has been a very good tight end until his injury a couple weeks ago uh, for Kansas State. So, it it happens. I mean, I, I would imagine, although he – Hasn't really discussed it. He wants to remain a developmental program. I would imagine Chris Kleiman will revisit that portal, uh, probably to find a receiver, maybe a linebacker this offseason. Well, sir, I appreciate it very much, and uh, I, I hope you don't enter the portal and end up working somewhere else because we need your expertise in these these portal times. It sounds cool, man, the portal. <laughs> well, I look forward to everybody entering the Thanksgiving portal soon and eating some turkey. So I will come out fatter for the holiday. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate yes. it. Ah, the transfer portal. That was Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports. And I tell you what, it is absolutely chaotic right now what's going on across college football. That number stuns me. 55% of players that signed at the FBS level who are three stars and below and entered the transfer portal, ended up without an FBS spot and ended up at the FCS level or lower or out of football. Let that be a warning bell to everyone who wants to enter the transfer portal. Buyer beware. You may not have a home on the other side of the portal. Well, that's it for this week's Sources Podcast. We return to 
the usual content of talking to K-State football coaches after the Thanksgiving holiday. And actually, we're down to two coaches. We're down to Van Malone and Jason Ray, the only two we haven't spoken with. And we will do that, I don't know what order, after the Baylor and Texas games conclude the regular season for the Kansas State Wildcats. I'm Fitz, and we will talk to you really soon. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.